Welcome to another message from LifePoint Church, located at 400 South Abilene in Valley Center, Kansas. For more information on LifePoint Church, go to our website at lpcag.org. It is our prayer to invest in generations to influence community. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Steve Rains. Let me just say this as we get started this morning, the testimony video that you watched that you um, uh, as as Lacey and Hannah shared their story is not a it's not a sales pitch for LifePoint Church. The point of that is the power of an invitation. And um, and as I think about their stories and I think about Lacey's story and someone invited her, a friend invited her. She started coming, and because she started coming, she invited her parents. Her parents have started attending. And that's the power of an invitation. And as we look at our text today, which was already read for us from Luke chapter 2, um, you see the reality of, of the power of an invitation as the angels invite the shepherds to come and be a part of the arrival of Jesus. We see in verse 8 from Luke chapter 2, and we read these words, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over the flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. The shepherd's story is in so many ways you and I's story. We find ourselves in the context in so many different ways, but I want you to see first as we begin to dive into this, this uh, passage of Scripture this morning, I want, you, I want you to see the appointment uh, with the shepherds. This isn't an accident. This, this, is an, this is an appointment. The host of heaven would show up speaking to the shepherds. It's really a divine appointment. This morning, I believe that you're not here by accident, no matter who you are, whether LifePoint Church is your home church or, or it's not. I, I believe that, that God wants to speak to each and every one of us. And, and if you're familiar with this story, then you, you've seen what would be a, a church Christmas program, and you see the little kids playing the role of the shepherd, or maybe it's a school program, and, and you see the shepherds come out, and you're like, man, I want, my, I want my son to have the lead role, and I want, him to be the, I want him to be a shepherd in the Christmas program, because shepherds are like, cool. Well, in the context of, of this moment, Luke chapter 2, parents didn't aspire their kids to be shepherds. It wasn't something that, that you'd look at your son's eye, into his eyes, and say, you know what, man, I just want you to be a shepherd because you will make us proud. When you grow up, be that. They were seen as unclean, not just because they lived out in the elements and, and they were dirty from that, but, but religiously they were seen unclean because they, because of the responsibility in the fields, they couldn't get to... Um, participates in in sabbath worship and sabbath offerings and and so they were unclean spiritually because of that but they were also seen as dishonest people they were seen as dishonest because there would be shepherds that would allow their sheep to cross fences to cross barriers and gaze in other people's fields thus stealing the grass for their crops they were seen as a den of thieves. And understand, in spite, of, in spite of our Western frame and our Western thinking of kind of glamorizing some of the characters of Christmas, 
Shepherds were seen as unwanted and unclean. And why is that so important? It's so important because of this fact. The Christmas story is our story. The shepherd's story is our story. All of us know the reality of being unclean, that being, uh, you know, because of something we did or an activity we participated in or whatever, we've all been stained by our own sin, all been stained by our own actions, right? Uh, all been stained by hair color that doesn't wash out. Yet the grace of God sees our story and doesn't move away from us. I love this. It does, he doesn't move away from us. The grace of God doesn't move away from us, but comes to us and offers us forgiveness and salvation. The shepherd's story is our story because there is no one too far gone. There's no one too far off that God wouldn't go after. If God would go after shepherds, you learn from this account that God can show up to us in the middle of whatever junk we have. If he should show up to shepherds, then he can show up to you today. So check this out. This is so awesome. As I think about this over the last week, I just get so excited about this. God shows up to shepherds. Yet in that day, shepherds couldn't even show up in the court of law because, because they were looked at as dishonest. They were looked at as untrustworthy. So if a shepherd would have saw uh, a criminal act or, or something and they were asked, hey, would you come and testify? They wouldn't have been allowed to enter into the court of law because of their reputation. And they couldn't hold a, an official place of office within a community. They couldn't be a mayor. They couldn't be, a, you know, on the city council or anything like that. Low on the social group ladder, the only person that was lower on that ladder was the leper. So that is the shepherd. Their reputation was scandalous. But, but aren't you glad God pursues people that no one else wants? That God, that, there, that this church is made up of people just like that. And people who have been broken but restored by God's mercy. So the shepherds are invited into the Christmas story, and so are you. And the revelation of the shepherd is this. Or who brought the revelation to the shepherds? It's the angels, right? And, and we know an angel shows up in verse 9. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. In other words, if we could just put it in mon, mon, uh, modern vernacular, they were freaked out. And rightly so. These guys, these shepherds, were outdoorsmen. All right, I heard one description of someone that was wearing flannel last week that they looked woodsy. I, I like that. So just, if you're sitting by somebody wearing flannel, just look at them and go, you look a little woodsy today. But they, these guys were, these guys had survival instincts and uh, had weathered the storms, weathered animals, I mean, you know, battled animals, protecting their, 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 their uh, herd, dealt with thieves. They, they were brave dudes. And yet, when the angel of the Lord shows up, they're afraid. And what is the predominant response, re predominant greeting of angels? As you read through your Bible, as you take a tour from Genesis to Revelations, and an angel of the Lord shows up, the first words out of the angel's mouth are typically, almost always, fear not. 
the shepherds were freaked out, and I would dare to say each and every one of us would be like a little overwhelmed if that happened to you tonight, right? Next thought, not only do we see their appointment, but we also see their astonishment. Astonished that they would be privy to the Christmas story. There, there are times where when you experience something, you encounter something in your life, and you're just like, man, the fingerprints of God are all over this situation right now. Um, as I walk through this door, there, man, there's the hand of God, there's the hand of God, and I love living in those moments when it's so apparent. And my prayer for us today and in the coming days as we approach the 25th is that, Lord, may there be moments where, where our heart is just like wide open and encountering you and aware of you speaking to us. Look at it, verse 10. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The message of Christmas isn't just for one person, it's for all people. And it's for the Jew, it's for the Gentile, it's for the male, it's for the female, it's for the rich, it's for the poor, it's for the young, it's for the old. It's for those that work really hard to keep their image. It's for those that have lost their image. It's for all people. And the astonishment for the shepherd is that they would be allowed to be recipients of this message. I want you to notice something in verse 11. It, maybe it would be easy for you just to, to glance over this. Notice the saying. What, what was the saying? For un, unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What is, what is the saying? What, what's the significance of, of this saying? This is the only verse, verse 10, in all of the Bible that contains these three titles of Jesus in one sentence. You'll see these titles in other places individually, but verse 10 here in Luke chapter 2 is the only place where you see Savior Christ Lord mentioned. For unto you, the Christmas story is personal, it's for you. For unto you, it's personal for the shepherds, it's personal for us, for unto you is born this day. The Christmas message of hope and peace and joy and salvation isn't a future message, it's a today message, born this day. Why is that so encouraging? Because it's saying to us, that it isn't just about you getting cleaned up and then coming to Jesus. It's, a, it's about you coming today. It isn't just unto you being personal, though it is. It, it isn't just for you today, but it's also prophetic. When, when you read those words, this day born in the city of David, which is the town of Bethlehem, we know this in John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says these words about himself. I am the bread of life prophetic in this that that born in the city of david bethlehem means this house of bread jesus said of himself in john chapter 6 verse 35 that i am the bread of life so there's a very prophetic pronouncement here and let me ask you a question do you think that's by accident absolutely not the great orchestrator and weaver of life god almighty is weaving the tapestry of grace, weaving the message of salvation from the beginning of the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament, and it's all about Jesus. These words that you see, Savior, meaning Deliverer, Christ, meaning the Anointed One, Lord, meaning the one who has prophesied in Micah chapter 5 of the Old Testament that He is the Good Shepherd, leading His people, is a huge pronouncement in this day. 
In this time frame in history, Pax Romana was happening. The Roman Empire was dominating the world, the known world at its time. The phrase Pax Romana simply meant peace of Rome. And so taxation was high for the Jews. We think inflation is bad now. For them, it was out off the charts. And in this season, in the midst of this darkness that they were encountering, cracks open this message, bringing light, bringing hope. And who did the angels first come to make that announcement to? Shepherds. Shepherds. This is just as much for you as it is anyone else. You are invited. Shepherds, you may be unclean, but you're wanted. In this room today, you, you, you know what, you, what your lifestyle's been. You know the decisions you've been making. You may see yourself as unclean, but let me say to you this morning, you're wanted. You may uh, see yourself as dejected, but you are received. The one who is coming is the hope of the whole world, the angel pronounces. He is the Savior, Christ, and the Lord. Not only do we see their astonishment and their appointment, but I want you to see next their amazement. Verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. I don't know what your favorite Christmas carol is. One of my favorite Christmas carols is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I love that song. I love all Christmas carols, really. But that, that phrase, herald, is significant in this. During this time frame of, of Luke 2, during this history period of, of humanity, families would do this. They would hire a herald to sing, to declare the birth of their firstborn son. Mary and Joseph couldn't afford to hire a, a herald. They, they were poor. They, they were so poor, they didn't have the, the R. They couldn't afford the R on poor. They're just poor, right? I mean, they had nothing, and we reflected on their financial status last week when we talked about their, their sacrifice that they offered. This process, this practice of hiring a herald to help you spread the news was out of the picture for Mary and Joseph. I think as you think about this idea of Harold, you could probably compare it to maybe what, this, what we're seeing in our, our culture with the whole baby reveal thing that, that's been like just swept the nation, man. And it's not bad, it's fun. How many of you, you've had babies in the last five years and ten years and you did the reveal thing? Some of you are like, yeah, should I raise my hand or not? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's innocent. It's fun. But some of it's like pretty over the top. Right? I saw one, this one video of this dad that was doing this reveal thing, and he wanted to do it WWF or WWE, whatever you call professional wrestling. And they had this whole skit lined out. And it was, it was impressive. Unless you were the guy getting thrown around and dropped off the table. But it was, it was incredible, the detail that they went into this reveal. It's such a big deal, it even starts forest fires in California. If you've not read that one, right? I mean, they can be expensive, but, but how about this reveal? This would take some serious cash. Check this out. That's a total joke for a reveal. That, is a, that plane there is probably putting out the forest fire that started in California because of the real reveal party. But I didn't stand under that plane. That didn't dye my hair, just so you know. 
but um, that's a little sarcasm, but, but uh, Mary and Joseph couldn't do a reveal because they couldn't afford it. But God says, listen, I've got you covered. And he gathers the angels, he sends the angels to make this announcement. Hark, the herald angels sing. It was, it was the first gender reveal party, if you will. But so much more than that. He is the redemption of the whole world. Shepherds would be hearing this phrase in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom don't miss this with whom he is pleased. Do you know who never heard that they were pleasing? Shepherds. They knew rejection. They were familiar with being despised. But now they're hearing this phrase, pleased. Can we respond with Christmas with amazement? Next, I want you to see this thought, adjustment, the adjustment of the shepherds. Verse 15, when the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. These outsiders are now invited to be insiders to the greatest announcement ever to come and fix their eyes on the Savior of the world. We, we learn from them that when, when God speaks to us, it requires a response from us. God is speaking to you today, and what he is saying will require a response from you, right? Now, granted, the word angel means messenger, and, and I'm not an angel. My wife can testify, my kids can testify of that, but, but I do have a message for you today. And notice this about the shepherds. Whenever God calls you, his provision will meet you there. Could we be a people that when God speaks, that we would respond? Because that's what the shepherds did. When they heard the voice of the angels, they didn't doubt it. They didn't, they didn't discuss it. They didn't debate it amongst, amongst themselves. They did it. They, they went as the angel directed them, they responded with haste and they moved quickly, which leads us to the last spot uh, this morning is the acknowledgement of the shepherds. Verse 18, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Acknowledgement isn't just hearing something, it's movement. And the shepherds come up on the scene looking for the chosen one, right? And we've talked about this earlier. We talked about the reputation of the shepherds. They were unclean, they, you know, in, in multiple ways, they were looked at as, um, as, as thieves, untr not trustworthy. And so here, the shepherds are walking up on this scene. Can you imagine Joseph? Joseph's probably going, listen, oh no. Hide the kid, hide my wife, hide my wallets, because the shepherds are coming, because they're going to steal something from us, right? That would have been some of the mindset going on, but these shepherds come not to take, but to leave something. My question is, what do they leave? They leave a word of confirmation that Mary was holding onto. 
as she's pondering all the events that have led up to this moment. Leave her with the message that the angel gave them. This is Savior Christ the Lord. That they left also as messengers testifying of the Savior. Now, how awesome is it that God took those who couldn't even testify in the court of law in their day and sent them as the first witnesses to testify of the Messiah. That's pretty awesome. Imagine the shepherd standing around the manger scene, gazing at the face of God. There's the stench, there's the smell of animals, which they would have been very familiar with. Mary and Joseph, not so much. Joseph, you know, grew up, his dad was a carpenter, so he's familiar with the, the smell of wood in the shop, right? Now they're smelling all of what the animals leave, leave behind. And they, they, the shepherds had to be thinking, God, how great you are that you would allow us to step into this cave that has become a cathedral, that you would allow a group of smelly, woodsy men, if you will, into such a holy moment. But you know what? That's God. He isn't waiting for you to clean up before he shows up. If Jesus will show up in a messy place like that, there isn't a messy place place Jesus isn't willing to show up even if it's your heart one last thing think about the angel's words to his statement the sign what, what was the sign to the shepherds that a child would be wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger right so let me ask you a question was it the swaddling clothes or was it the manger I mean, the reality is, is that every baby born would be wrapped in swaddling clothes, right? I want to submit to you, it's the manger. No baby would be found lying in a manger. I mean, it's a feeding trough for animals. Historically, we know this, that, that the that the manger scene isn't what our western mind sees we don't see you know we see like a, a barn outside with lean-to poles and kind of a, more of a, a shed but historically we know that it was a cave hewn out of rock it's interesting to me that the sign you will know he is a chosen one because he will be wrapped in linen clothes lying in a manger lying in a place that stone has been hewn out is now a cave. Born wrapped in linen, placed in a stone, inside a cave. The worship team would come. 33 years later, approximately from this moment, Jesus, again, would be wrapped in linen cloth, placed inside a cave and laid in a place of hewn out stone. The king became a baby. The king of the universe became a baby and was born in a, in a messy place, laid in a hewn out stone and would return 
to such a place 33 years later, similar cave, wrapped in linen, laid upon, cut out stone, but three days later, he would be resurrected. Savior, Christ, Lord. That is, that is, as we approach Christmas, that is why we celebrate Christmas. That is why we have this hope of Christmas. That is the greatest invitation Christmas brings to you and I, is Jesus, Savior, Christ, the Lord. Right? And as we walk towards the 25th, and, and as we walk past the 25th, May the invitation of Jesus resonate and pulsate within you, no matter who you are in this place, no matter whether this is the first time in a church service for you, or you are very familiar. You could have got up here and you could have preached the Christmas message today because you're that familiar with the story. May the invitation resonate and draw you today in a way that it's never drawn you before. It's amazing when you all week long. I've been thinking about this text. I was sharing with Robin kind of where we were going and the, the imagery of the, the cave where Jesus was born, the, the, the manger where he laid, hewn out rock. And then thinking about the events of 33 years later, placed in a cave, laid upon a, a hewn out slab of rock, the entrance sealed three days later. History's changed as he, he's resurrected. Jesus is the way maker and the life changer. And he extends to you an invitation to come and follow him. Would you bow your heads? Father God, on this Christmas family service, Lord, I thank you for everyone here in this place today. And God, I thank you for your love for them your love for us. God, that you are so passionate about people that you take those who are labeled outcasts of society, those that are labeled unclean within their society, and you invite them to be the first ones to see your great love for humanity through the birth of your son. And then you sent them to be the first proclaimers of what your plan is, this great plan of salvation, this great invitation. And Lord, if there's anyone here in this place this morning or watching online that they have never accepted this invitation that you're extending to them today and, and you extend it every day, your word says today is the day of salvation. God, may we, someone's here that never has received you as their Lord and Savior, may this be the day where they say, Jesus, it makes sense to me now. And I want to receive this incredible gift that you have extended not only to me, but to all of humanity. But Lord, I want to take hold of it. Maybe you're here in this place and that's you. I just want you to, I want to invite you just to re repeat a prayer after me asking Christ to be your Lord and Savior in fact why don't all of us just 
entirety of the plan of salvation through Jesus. I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me. Cleanse me. And place me in right relationship with you. I receive what you've offered through Jesus, your Son. Take hold of this salvation. And I follow after you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, as we bow our heads in this holy moment for the rest of us, Lord, may we maybe we know you. We follow hard after you. We're excited about Christmas because of the significance of it and what it really means. But Lord, this morning we understand the importance of the invitation. And God, I pray that we as a church family would just be so intentional, so diligent to make this house anybody's house to come into this place. God, that there would be such hospitality, that there would be such love, such intentionality. God, that whether it's someone's first time or they've been here dozens and dozens of times. God, that, that Lord, the welcome mat is always up. God, there's always a place at the table and the love of Christ would abound in our hearts towards one another because you first loved us and gave yourself for us, Lord God. We love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. This concludes the teaching. Thank you for listening, and we hope you can join us for next Sunday's service with Pastor Steve Rains.